just can't get right. Just can't do it. I, I had a decision to make last night. I made the right decision by watching the college football national championship, even though that was an ass opening itself in a race and a waste of two and a half, three hours. But compared to the raw I just watched, it's like comparing a shit I took last night to the shit I took this morning. Like we didn't learn anything from 2020. We didn't learn anything from last week. And last week was Legends Night. Like I don't get it. And then Drew McIntyre, WWE Champion. God bless him. I hope he feels better. Like he just he announced that he has COVID-19 and he's gonna be in quarantine most likely till the Rumble. But. Man, I mean, everybody had to has to pick up the slack, and they just like had to. You could tell this show is put together at the last minute. I can't fall for them for that. But the rest of the shit that didn't have to do with Drew McIntyre and WWE title picture is just unacceptable. It doesn't make sense. Triple H comes out. He starts off the show right. Triple H, Tribal Assassin, King of Kings, the COO, the Chief Operating Officer, of the entire company. Right. He comes out. Doesn't even get to say. Four or five sentences. Randy Orton comes out. Here we go again. We saw this. We've seen this dance already. And Triple H is mad that Randy Orton's been running around disrespecting legends and everything. But he agrees. He accepts the fact what he did to The Fiend at TLC by burning him alive. So I'm confused. So we can go. We can go around burning motherfuckers and committing arson live on tv that's fine but we can't getting in our elders face and cussing them out and 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 uh verbally insulting them we can't do that that's a no-no the you'll you'll defend the honor for that but burning the talent your talent you're the boss you're the boss of the talent you're the boss of the talent you're second on the totem pole the only person that has more power than you is vince so, getting in Legends' face, that's a no-no, but we can just light people on fire. That's okay. Cool. Got, got it. Um, and then, Randy Orton goes him by saying, we, we, we heard this dance last year and the year before. We heard the same thing. I guess Stephanie has your balls in her purse. And now we have a, a match for... For next, uh, for later on the show, I don't want to see Triple H and Randy Orton. I don't want to see that. I don't. I. I don't want to see that. No, the, anybody else could have been in this spot, like Ricochet, for example. Like Ricochet wasn't even on the show again. Again, that's three weeks now. This man is a former NXT North American champion. Ricochet has been in so many five-star matches in NXT. It's not even funny. I don't get it. Then, uh, in the, the Charlotte and Ric Flair thing, Charlotte says, he tells a, in a backstage interview, hey, he's my dad. What he did last week, we talked it over, we hashed it out, we're fine. He's at home. I'm going to teach Lacey Evans some manners. Lacey Evans is like, Ric Flair is a, a fine, handsome man. And if he wants to flirt, I won't be mad. Charlotte pretty much has Lacey Evans beaten at this point Charlotte just whooping her ass all over the ring making it look effortless at this point and then Ric Flair comes out and then what this part what I what it wasn't supposed to be funny but I thought it was hilarious 
after Charlotte put, uh, I'm sorry, Charlotte had Lacey pinned, but Ric Flair put Lacey's foot on the rope to break the count. And then Charlotte goes, for this hooker, for this hooker. It, it, it was, I know it wasn't supposed to be funny, but it was funny. And then tells Rick to go home. Charlotte goes for a su- suplex, trips Rick trips his own daughter. Lacey falls on Charlotte. Hold, Rick holds Charlotte down. Referee can't see it. One, two, three. Lacey kisses Ric Flair in the cheek. They're in the backstage. Talking about, We're about to go to our hotel now. So now I'm insinuating after hearing that, I'm, I'm insinuating now. They're about to go back to the hotel and do the nasty. I can't, bro. I can't. This is cringeworthy. This is nasty. We went from the cuckold Lana and Bobby Lashley and Rusev last year, and now we're doing the sugar a sugar daddy storyline. Are you kidding me? Or uh, you're this doesn't make sense, man. If you follow Lacey Evans on her Instagram, she's a like she happily married, family values, loves the loves her daughter and everything. But now you're telling me she's on TV looking for a sugar daddy to for a man of seventy two years old. Who is supposed to be one of the best, if not the best ever, which that's debatable. I mean, yeah, you can, we can debate about that whenever, but it doesn't make sense, man. And then where was Oscar? Who was Charlotte's tag team partner? They're tag champs. Oscar was nowhere to be found in this episode. And she continues to be an afterthought. This is insane. Oscar is one of the best, most dominant forces in WWE history. She's won the NXT title. She's won the SmackDown Women's title. The Raw Women's title. She won the Royal Rumble. She won Money in the Bank. Asuka has done literally everything. And now we're, she's on the, not even the passenger seat, the freaking trunk for this stupid ass sugar daddy storyline. We're better than this. The women's division is better than this. You can't defend it. You just can't defend it. And it was so cringe. Like, we're about to go. I'm going to do the best Lacey Evans impression I can. <clears throat> we're about to go back to the the hotel. And we're going to celebrate. And she kissed for Flair in the cheek. And I'm like, Bro, oh, my God. I don't need this. I don't. I don't. Then, Retribution, they're actually on a winning streak now. Uh, beat, uh, who is it, Slapjack? Oh, no, T-Bar, T-Bar. T-Bar beat, who is Dominic Dijakovic, by the way. Beat Xavier Woods. Where was Kofi, you ask? Broken jaw. He's out. So, we're just, now we're on Skeleton Crew. But this is when other folks should be stepping up. And so, beating Xavier Woods, okay, that means what for Retribution? It means what? What means what? Where was Ricochet? Who is actually has something to in the, in this storyline with Retribution? We aren't. We don't just forget in a week. WWE. We we don't do that. Uh, oh my gosh! And then, then Bobby Lashley and Riddle, Riddle finally gets a United States Championship title shot. Too bad he lost and tapped out in under five minutes. Thanks to another distraction from MVP. 
So, and then Riddle gets up and says, hey, I, I bet I can beat, um, hey, I bet I can beat MVP. And MVP just beats the shit out of him. Bobby Lashley joins in, causing the DQ, and they just leave Riddle just on a lying heap like that. But wait, this exact thing was done 30 minutes before when Hardy fought uh, Riker. And Riker beat Hardy due to a distraction by Elias. And then Hardy goes, well, I could beat Elias. Then they have a match with Elias. And then Hardy just whoops Elias' ass after Elias told Riker, don't interfere. And then when the match is over, Elias looks at Riker and goes, why didn't you interfere? Because you told him not to. Man, I, I don't get why does truck park right next to me? Um... This whole show, man, it just, it just, who is writing this? They need to go, they need to go far, far away, quick, fast, and in a freaking hurry. It doesn't make sense. And then Drew McIntyre announcing that he has COVID-19. Okay, God bless you, hope you feel better. But then... He fi- he acknowledged that what I thought of last week, like, hey, Goldberg, why is he saying Goldberg? Why is Goldberg saying that Drew McIntyre was disrespecting the legends when Drew McIntyre is backstage posing with Hulk Hogan? Has Goldberg hit his head on the door one too many times? And like, oh, I probably should be going after Randy Orton because Randy Orton was the one disrespecting legends last week, not Drew McIntyre. So now we have a championship match that no one asked for. But wait, there's a catch. I figured it out. There is a catch. Goldberg could make history. Bill Goldberg, who is going on 60, could make history. Are you aware that no one has won the WWE Championship, World Heavyweight Championship, and the Universal title? No one has hailed all three. Bill Goldberg is going to make history I don't need this man I don't need this Goldberg is going to lift Drew McIntyre up for a for a, a jackhammer a couple of spears yes but no no and I don't want to see Goldberg try to sell a claymore he's actually going to get kicked in the face I don't want to see that to him I'm a Goldberg fan, man. Just like everybody else when we were kids, bro. When he was coming through with the pyro and escorted by the security guards and everything like that. That's fine. But, dude, we do not need to rely on legends during WrestleMania season. We don't. We don't. And then LaMarcus is like, they're trying to get that, that, that pop, that mania pop. There are no fans. What's the pop for? What are you trying to get a pop for? There's no fans. A pop for what? All the fans are at home tuning in. There's no fans in the, in the Thunderdome. Hi, hi, hi. But then, okay. Uh, so the Miz and Morrison. Yeah, yeah. Remember Miz, Mister Money in the Bank. Yeah, remember him, Morrison. Yeah, the guy who deserves better, who came back to WWE almost two years ago thought he was going to get better but ends up they're on a losing streak now they're, now they're just losing just to lose now it's just a, a joke they took on Sheamus and Keith Lee who have been constant in disagreement since 
October of last year because Keith Lee is warning Drew McIntyre that any minute now, Sheamus is going to turn on him. And now they're in a tag team against Miz Morrison, and they just just dominated, whooped their ass. Again, this is the third week in a row that Miz and Morrison lost. They got their ass whooped. New Day last week, and then what was the week uh, The week before that? The week before that, it was a six-man tag with uh, Drew McIntyre, Keith Lee, and Sheamus against Miz and Morrison. I think it was... I think it was AJ Styles or something. This doesn't make sense, man. Keith Lee ran and Morrison into the turnbuckle so hard that the, that the ropes broke. The turnbuckle broke. And the world got Keith Lee's face was like, oh shit, that was not supposed to happen. You know what was supposed to happen? Raw's like this. And then. After, like, Keith Lee is just whooping both of them. Sheamus tags himself in. Keith Lee doesn't mind it. Sheamus bro kicks. One, two, three. These two hugging, smiling, high-fiving. Cool. We go to commercial. These two are beating the shit out of each other, and we're already in a match. And then now she's like, we have no idea what happened, what has transpired. We you have no idea what transpired. We went to a commercial break. We can't see. Y'all were still there. So the announcers can't make sense of this. How can me, the viewer, make sense of it? How? Tell me. Tell me. I want answers. Tell me. Keith Lee. The match was dope, though, by the way. Keith Lee wins. Beats Sheamus with a spirit bomb. Keith Lee goes for a fist bump. They hug each other. They, uh, they've won, Apparently, they've gotten won each other's respect. They're tag team cool because god knows on monday night raw they need tag teams viking raiders nope uh apparently new day kofi's out with the broken jaw so no new day so if they're a tag team cool cool beans um aj styles adam pierce they're backstage aj styles is like hey i'm declaring myself i'm gonna be in a royal rumble match so if i win the royal rumble and adam pierce somehow beats Roman Reigns, you know, Adam Pierce, the guy who makes the matches, who's general manager of Raw SmackDown, who hasn't had a match in 20 some odd years, beats Roman Reigns for the universal title, then they can have a match at WrestleMania. Okay, that part was actually kind of funny. Um, then Drew Gulak comes out of nowhere, yeah, I remember him, says, hey, I declared myself the Rumble in the Rumble too, but apparently you're not allowed to do that unless he beats AJ Styles, but AJ Styles beats Drew Gulak thanks to another distraction from Omos, his the bodyguard who is over seven feet, but who hasn't done, who hasn't put his hands on anybody. He's big for nothing. You, you, ever, you guys, you know those guys are just big for no reason. I had a friend who we used to play basketball all the time. He was like, keep in mind, we're all like sophomore juniors in high school, so we're like what five nine, five ten. This dude was six. He had been 6'3", 6'4", but we had more, we always had more rebounds than him. It just makes no sense how people are just tall for no reason. He is a giant, he is a giant Gonzalez. Why? And then, of course, so let's count. AJ Styles won via distraction. Lacey Evans beat Charlotte Flair via distraction. Uh, Riker beats Hardy, distraction. Um, Bobby Lashley beats Riddle. Distraction. That's four. 
four distractions. So we left, we dished roll-ups, which was last week. That was my complaint last week, but now we're just like, oh, distraction. Distraction! Why can we have clean finishes? Why? Seamus and Keith Lee had the only clean finish in the whole three hours, son. No, wait, 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 wait. Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax beat Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke. That, 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 that was clean. That was an ass whooping. But the problem with that is, here's a problem with that. Now, remember Drew, they told Drew Gulak, you just, hey, you just can't declare yourself. You just can't declare yourself to enter the Royal Rumble match. Well, guess what Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke did backstage? Just guess. Just guess. After losing their match against Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax, just guess. They declared herself in the Royal Rumble match. So what was all that BS that you just trolled? You just told Drew Gulak. I can't believe I saw that. I was like, what kind of? No, what kind of storytelling is this? What kind of loopholes and plot holes is this? You just told someone they can't do something, but other folks just did it. Not even ten minutes later. Why? And then we get to the final. We get to the match. We get to the main event between. Triple H, and who hasn't had a match, I think, since Saudi, where he tore his uh, freaking, um, he tore his peck <sighs> against Randy Orton. And then Keith Lee was like, Keith Lee told, Keith Lee told Triple H backstage, hey, I can compete for a third time tonight. You want me to go out there? And Triple H like, nah, I made this match. I made this mess. I'm going to have to fix it. And Triple H wasn't even in his gear or anything. This wasn't a match. This was just a fight. And so uh, they, they 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 were it was physical it was good at first. Triple H gets a sledgehammer, lights go out. All of a sudden, the sledgehammer is on fire. Triple H just now here's where the part where everybody starts getting powers. Triple H looks at Randy Orton, looks at the sledgehammer. The sledgehammer is on fire. Lights go out again. Triple H is gone. He vanishes. Triple H just learned vanish. Triple H can teleport. Cool, got it. Then lights come back on. Lights come back on a little bit. Alexa Bliss is there. So she just stares at Randy Orton, right? She has two gloves on. One of them says play. One of them says pain. The glove, she lifts a hand up, a gun under her chin that says pain. The other one comes up. And then you know what Alexa Bliss did? She shot a goddamn fireball at Randy Orton. That's right. A fireball. Hadouken. You got flame. Alexa Bliss just became a firebender over the weekend. She became a firebender. Um, she learned fireball jitsu from the Hidden Leaf Village from Kakashi. I, I, bro, I, now we have powers. It's different from shows on WB. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's how old I am. I said WB. CW and stuff like that. Because these are those are characters. These are people you can meet at shows and stuff. I don't know. I don't believe Alexa Bliss can throw fucking fireballs like she got the fucking Fireflower from Mario. No, man. Like, no. And then Randy Orton, Randy Orton sold the shit out of it. I would sell the shit out of it, too, if I got shot in the eyes with a fireball. And that's how the show ended. That's how the show ended. Someone getting hit in the face with a fire with, with a fireball. That's how Monday Night Raw just ended. <sighs> it doesn't make sense, man. It just doesn't. We are fresh off... Uh, Great smack, great smackdown that took place 
with a with a great storytelling with Adam Pierce being the number one contender. New Year's Evil and NXT was fantastic. But then, bro, we had to we had to just do this. We just can't. Whoever is doing the writing, they need to go. Period. Point blank. Cut and dry. Can't eat, I can't sugarcoat it anymore. It has to be done. I know what you're saying. Nick, yes. Why do you keep watching Monday Night Raw if it's bad every week? WWE is like an abusive. Well, not even WWE. Not even WWE. Monday Night Raw is like. I'm, I don't want to compare it to an abusive relationship because that, that that's just bad taste. It's just that one. X, you just can't leave alone for some reason. They just have this hold over you. It's familiar. It's something you know. You're afraid to try something new. I don't know. All happens like hard because I know that one day I don't watch Raw. The one time I'm not going to watch Raw, something insane is going to happen. And it's going to be wonderful. I I just know it. Because that's what happened several times last year. I'm not impressed, Vince. I'm not impressed. That's two. We got off to 2021 with two bad Raws. This show is going to continue. I don't want, I didn't want to believe it, but this show is going to continue suffering without the one, one consistent, a good thing about it. And that is Drew, the WWE champion, Drew McIntyre. Now he ain't going to be seen till the Rumble. And when he's at the Rumble, he's going to be fighting a man who is Damn near in his six, damn near in his uh, late fifties. It don't make no sense, man. I can't even defend it. Like, it, it's just that, like, my wife was like, "Okay, just I can defend the new day with the trombones. I can defend, um, just I can defend a lot of stuff. I can, I can, I can defend Brizango and the dancing and the outfits, but." This man, this, I just, I don't know how much longer I can do it. It just doesn't make sense. Put Paul Heyman back in creative control on Raw. You have to. Because SmackDown is so good. Roman Reigns is the number one wrestler on the planet right now. Well, maybe between him and Kenny Omega on AEW, but still. All right, that's all I got to say. I mean, I know we put out an episode earlier today, but man, I just couldn't believe what I saw. I can't. We're drawing fireballs now. So Randy Orton is going to come back next week and just like learn how to how to control ice. Is that what we're going to do? Randy Orton is going to have ice powers next. Randy Orton is going to have ice powers next week. Watch. He's going to freeze Alexa Bliss and wait and to taunt the fiend, get him to come back. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. Anyway. Yep. Thanks for rocking with the podcast. Follow us, social media. Y'all know the rest. Nick, signing off. <sighs> I don't want to do. I don't want to do a part five, man. I, I I I hope they get it together next week. I hope. I hope they get it together. Take it easy.